We already have a couple that have made their way into the final four. Two more will get those coveted spots today. We have another edition of Cutting Nets, and it'll be just a, a shorter edition with just a couple games to discuss. But we've got everybody here, Beho Lenardi, we've got Gentry, we've got Eric, and we've got Leo. Two games on the menu today, and honestly, for games that are going to get teams into the final four. These are probably point spreads that are a little bit bigger than you would normally expect in these two games, because we have teams in this situation that are double digit seeds. Normally we're talking about the ones, the twos, the threes and the fours that are playing right here to, to try to get through. But we've actually got Miami versus Kansas, a situation where you've got a number 10 seed and you've got St. Peter's versus North Carolina, a situation where you've got a number 15 seed as far as they've ever been. So uh, just from a, a pure, um, you know, outside the box, this wasn't supposed to happen type thing. We are going to have uh, teams that probably shouldn't be here. So it's always curious when this happens, Eric, you know, um, do we A, look back and go, okay, we were wrong on some of these teams. Maybe they were better. Does the like, the luck run out here. What's funny about this is I would not be shocked based on what we've seen in this tournament. If both of these games like were absolute blowouts today, it really wouldn't shock me. Like if Kansas and North Carolina won, but it does that turn this tournament does just doesn't feel that way. Like it just doesn't feel like these two teams are going to just walk in here and blow these two teams out today. And we were talking before you uh, seem like you already have a case made for Miami Tell us a little bit about the first game today that goes at 2.20 Eastern time, Miami versus Kansas. I look at this. Miami has the 28th best shooting percentage. They like to spread the four. They like to run five, five on the perimeter. They're the 99th best shooting percentage, three-point three three shooting team in the country. But at the end of the day, this just comes down to Miami's able to force turnover, turnovers on defense. They're 60th. In turnover rate in all of college basketball, Kansas is prone to the turnover. I like the matchup here. I think with Miami's defense, they're going to be able to force some turnovers, be able to make some threes. And can't with how bad Providence played in that first half and Kansas not winning that game by at least 15 points really spoke to me about some issues Kansas has internally. So I locked in the six and a half. Uh, we go over to Beho, Miami 26 and 10, 21, 14 and 1, uh, Kansas 31 and 6, 18, 18 and 1. Now, my only worry, I guess, that my um, to combat what Eric was saying would be that Kansas sort of got away with a game where they didn't get much from McBodgey. Yep. And, it, you know, I sort I was a little bit impressed with Kansas's ability to win that game when. You know, two or three weeks ago, if we would have said Remy Martin was going to lead them in scoring three times in a row, we probably wouldn't have thought that was a great thing, right? He was struggling. He was not playing well. And now all of a sudden this guy is scoring 20 points and like leading them in the tournament and sort of looking like the guy that we thought he was, the guy that he was from Arizona State a couple years ago. So that's what's interesting too is that I uh, totally agree in Eric's sentiment in that most teams you play aren't going to shoot, I think, one for 13 from three, which is what Providence did. But then sort of on the flip side, you probably will play Kansas more times than not, and they're going to get 15 to 20 from McBodgie 
or at least a little bit more production on the offensive side. So I guess I'm not sure which way that was why I had a hard time just gauging this team and this number today. And like I said, for me, honestly, what's weird. And and I don't know about for you when you're a fan of a team and you lose to that team, like for Miami, I still don't know what the hell to think of Miami as a USC fan. Cause I still look at Miami and go, well, man, I didn't know how good my USC team was and this team, my USC team, probably because my team shit that game away. So I don't know. Like I have a hard time, like, putting Miami up on a pedestal, even though you shouldn't do that as a gambler. Like what happened last week, you got to sort of move on to the next one. Biho, what do you think about this game? Yeah, I don't know. I'm probably doing this at my own demise. Um, but uh, first and foremost, Remy Martin, uh, what a great name. Shout out to his parents for being liquored up <laughs> yeah, and deciding right. to, to name their kid this. Uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting – you know, we've had a crazy tournament, like you said. Yeah. But yesterday kind of chalked out a little bit. It you started know? to feel like it was coming back to life because we've got and, Duke and Villanova as your two teams in there. That doesn't seem too crazy, right? Two number two yeah. seeds that made their and, way through. And I think if at the beginning of the tournament we said the final four was going to be Duke, Villanova, uh, Kansas, and uh, North Carolina – North Carolina is probably the team we wouldn't have had on there, but it wouldn't have been crazy. No. But when you talk St. <laughs> Peter's, Miami, like, yeah. I don't know. It could be crazy. Again, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, Igbaji hasn't had the greatest tournament, and they've survived. So, if they can get him rolling, is I Is it a game like, from him coming, or is he just struggling right now, right? Is and, it one of those and, two? And, and we've seen that. I mean, Kentucky in the past, you remember Devin Booker, how good he was during the season. He got to the tournament. He couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. Yeah. And, you know, obviously we see how Devin Booker's doing now. He's, he's kind of figured it out, I guess. But, yeah, uh, yeah dude, I, I'm rolling with Kansas here. Six isn't a lot. Um, the the three-point shooting, you know, you talked about Providence going one for 14 last game. I didn't hear any arguments for Eric about uh, Houston going one for 20 yesterday. <laughs> he was on the other side. So, uh, yeah, man, um, I, I'm, I'm taking the Jayhawks here. Just, it just feels a little chalky to me today. So uh, We, we got to try to combat Eric a little bit because he's been kicking the shit out of most of us uh, yep. with the analysis the last couple days because Eric's been just seeing the ball really, really well. So. Which is why I said it's probably to my own demise. Yeah, no, we got to do it. We got to take a swing when someone's like standing up on top of the mountain, shouting down at you and making you feel a little inferior. You got to at least try to punch back up once or twice. So we're having some fun because Eric's been uh, really doing well. And another gentleman who's been really seeing the ball well in this tournament so far, he's in the elite eight in the capper bracket. It's our good friend, Leo buddy. We got uh, this Kansas team in the six point range ish as a favorite today. What do you think about this one? Yeah, I hate this stupid game. I, I really do. It's been driving me nuts. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Leo. <laughs> I, I, I really hate this game because I really want to go to the Final Four. I mean, again, you have you have our friend Tapon came out. Probably the best best video of the tournament, like, when he comes and chirping at me. Excellent really work from that dude. If you guys haven't seen it, get on over to Better Than Vegas and check that one out. Uh, I continue to go back and forth in this game. And, like, Eric, I always... I want to trust Eric here, but, like, I really like Kansas, especially because that line's coming down to five and a half. I really think Miami is going to keep this close. 
But it's the five and a half, and I'm expecting some BS fouls. I'm kind of expecting like a Duke-Michigan State type game where it's close throughout, and then you have fouls, you have stupid things that happen toward the end, and Kansas is going to pull away and cover that six points. Is it, Eric, is this one of those games that you have any money line on, or is this just uh, uh, you playing plus the points? I just played plus the points. Because I was curious, do you, would there be like a number – like what? What? What was your sort of buy-in, or you know, not to say exactly, but like, what's kind of your buy-in where you're like, okay, that's the number that I jumped on Miami. Was it like four, five? Because you know, this is one of those weird numbers where, like, six in college basketball is sort of that kind of quote-unquote key number, right? Because you get the two threes, and that's sort of like where teams build around a foul, right? Yeah, I mean, like, it opened up at six and a half right when I saw it off openers. I mean, that's when I got it. I mean, where it is, yeah, where that is makes it right sense. now? Where is it yeah, right it's now? about five, five and a half, six. Because that's six. That's like because one I of the got key that numbers. Six in the hook. I'm I'm above the number, but I yep. mean, also I completely like, agree. In fairness, I did take Kansas at the beginning of the year, sixteen to one to win it all. So well, I mean, if it does spot. get to a point where it does look like Miami's going to win. I will kind of hedge out of that future. That's why I didn't put anything on the money line. And you've also got a Duke future still rolling, correct? Correct. Awesome. So good spot to be in right now for uh, for Eric um, Gentry, Miami, Kansas. Larinaga has done just a fantastic job over there. Kansas, the number one, uh, the lone number one seed still left. What are your thoughts on this game? Well, you know, I've been basically against all the number ones from the day the bracket was released. Uh, I didn't have any ones reaching the final four uh, and you know, kind of sticking to my guns, I'm, I'm leaning towards Miami here in this game. But, it, you know, it's multiple reasons. I mean, you look at the last game, just just look at it. Wong, Moore, they combined to shoot five of 19, you know, and they still got the win. You know, on the flip side, though, Kansas, McCormick only played 20 minutes because uh, of foul trouble, and Agbaji really didn't do anything, but he hadn't done anything all tournament. So it's kind of – you know, who's hotter. And and quite frankly, Miami as a team seems to be a little hotter. Uh, so being a dog, I'd lean their way. But Larinaga said something after their round one win that I thought was kind of funny in the post-game interview. They were like, so what do you think of today's game? And he was like, well, you know, we, we don't score very well. And, you know, we don't really guard very well. But one thing we do really well is we dance. We dance. Yeah. And <laughs> I was like, that's that's kind of awesome. So I'm, I'm kind of – feeding that mojo, feeling that mojo, and, and I'm just going to take them today. I'd, I'd almost possibly throw some money line action at them just because I've been against Kansas kind of all year. Well, it's so funny when you, like, for each team, when they you, you break their runs down individually, right? It, this Miami team, they're here, so you sort of feel like they've gone on this incredible, awesome run, and a lot of it comes into perspective we really didn't think Miami was that great of a team throughout the year, like a team, one of the teams towards the end of the the teams getting in. And they win a game, which that was basically like a pick'em game. So in their three games, they've had really like one game that they weren't supposed to win against Auburn, which was a team that was kind of reeling coming in, and we all didn't think that highly of Auburn. And then they were heavily favored against Iowa State to get there. So, you know, you break it down, it's like, Wow, I guess that wasn't that hard of a road for them. Winning two games where it was, uh, they were favored by four against Iowa State. It was like a pick 'em. I think they were a one point dog against SC, and then the Auburn game. But that's what it comes down to. It comes down to your matchup, just like what Gentry was saying. 
you know, it, it doesn't matter sometimes how good your offense or your defense is. It's just you get there, you dance, and then boom, who's in front of you? Who's the one team you have to deal with? I think we all get this big idea of like, oh, yeah, that team can't win. They're not better than 65 other teams, or they're not the fifth or sixth best team in the country. I don't know. Would you look at St. Peter's or Miami and say they're one of the top 10 teams in the country this year, even after what they've done in the tournament? Well, no, but they they got the right matchups along the way in one-game scenarios. They're well-coached, too. You know, Larinaga is a guy that can lift these guys up for a game or two. Would you want Miami in a full series where they're just maybe not as talented as some of these other teams? I don't know. So uh, power to them, power to what the Canes have done to get themselves here. And now you're one game away from, uh, from getting to the final four. Let's get to our second game on today's menu, fellas. We've got St. Peter's. Everybody's doing the peacock and North Carolina. North, just thinking about this again, from a pure where we were three weeks ago or a month ago, North Carolina was not in the tournament on some on a lot of bracketology until they got that Duke win. And that was the one win that said, okay, now they're for sure in. So like they're on the bubble teams. They got a big win against Duke. And that win was the game that everybody was watching. It was the Coach K final game at home. And I think for a lot of us, we sort of looked at that and we, we held it against Duke more than we did take it as a positive for North Carolina. I sure did. I looked at it and said, wow, those Duke guys – with all that, they couldn't even get the job done at home for Coach K. But really, we kind of should have taken it as a, a strength for North Carolina that they went in there with that pressure and punched this Duke team in the mouth. Because North Carolina's played pretty well since that point. And they're an eight, eight and a half point favorite to get to the now a nine point favorite on Nitro betting to get to the final four. Leo, they are 27 and 9, 19, 16 and 1. St. Peter's 22 and 11, the Peacocks 22, 9 and 1. Everybody loves this story. Everybody loves the underdog. Can they keep going? Or are we going to get North Carolina versus Duke in the final four in Coach K's final year? Yeah, I'm in on Carolina here. I mean, I think Carolina is going to blow them out of the water. What St. Peter's has done has been awesome. So much fun to watch. So much credit for the way they played. But, like, listen, Carolina's just starting to click on all cylinders. Not only are they as a team starting to click, but, like, they have a bunch of different players that are starting to play the best that they have all year at the same time. You don't see that, like, we see some teams where it's, like, one player will carry a team. No. Manic's playing well. Love was out of his freaking mind the other night. He was fantastic. Davis played really well the game before. Baycott, Beho, I know you're in love with. Like, St. Peter's, I, I would love to see St. Peter's pull this off. But in reality, I mean, I think we're all in agreement now that the Stars have aligned for Coach K. Like, it's only fitting that it's going to be Coach K against UNC. I think UNC is going to win this one by double digits. I think people are getting too caught up in the story with St. Peter's. And as gamblers, we can't get caught up in the story. We got to go with North Carolina here. I'm taking North Carolina, win this one by double digits. Gentry, North Carolina. Like, today, we could have... You know, a lot of us, black, I did for sure. I went into this tournament fading a lot of the ACC, not thinking much of the ACC. And we got to be fair too, right? Like, let's be honest. The Duke team that we've seen in the last 
two to three games, they always had this in them, but they didn't play like this throughout a lot of the year. Like they didn't play that well. Their key guys, their stars didn't play that great in a lot of key big games and big moments as they have down the stretch. They didn't turn on their defense quite as well as they did down the stretch, which was a point Eric made when they made some adjustments against Texas Tech. And North Carolina is the same thing, right? I mean, we, for as much as we can look back and say, wow, we were wrong on these teams, this North Carolina team didn't play this well this year. Caleb Love had a career high. He scored 27 points in the second half of a game where it was like NBA jam for the guy. I mean, he was nailing some disgustingly difficult three-point shots. So what do you do in this game, Gentry, with St. Peter's in North Carolina? Well, you kind of saw it yesterday a little bit, um, especially in the in the Villanova-Houston game. Uh, shots were looking pretty flat. Uh, these teams with the shorter uh, shorter benches, just kind of the shorter rosters, that, at least what they're playing, um, they're kind of starting to look a little leg-weary and from a shooting perspective. Um, and, and that worries me about North Carolina because they really only play five core guys. They've got a sixth and Johnson that kind of comes in off the bench, and that's it. They, like, yeah, they, they play no depth. No and – on the flip side, St. Peter's out of, out of these four teams playing today, St. Peter's is the deepest by a mile. They play nine guys over digit minutes, and really none of them get more than 30. So it's kind of like, all right, who's going to be the guy today? It, it, you don't know where it's going to come from, really, um, which is scary uh, if, if you're you know, betting either way here, I, which makes me want to take St. Peter's in the points. Um just because I feel like they're scrappy and hang around, but I, I don't think they can win this game. Very I think, legitimate. Yeah, it's. Good. I, I don't think they're good enough to win. Uh, honestly, if I'm just picking a winner, but just because UNC's talent is better, I mean, let's be honest. But it's just, you know, this team's got a lot of fight. They've, they've. You look at who they've gone through to get here. What Kentucky, Murray, Purdue. Uh, I, I would have taken two of two of those three teams to beat UNC if they played head-to-head. So I'm kind of liking St. Peter's. I don't know. That's just me. Eric, this St. Peter's team, we found out that they have a legitimate, legitimate defense. Like, they shut teams down. They can turn you over. You don't shoot a great clip against them. Anything. Like, they defend the three. They defend the two. They have a template similar to that of UCLA. And we were talking, you, you sniffed uh, North Carolina out again in in that UCLA game. And, you know, that was one of those games where North Carolina, they deserve to win, but late in the game, I think I mentioned it yesterday. It was what about a minute and 15, a little over a minute left to go. UCLA was up by three. Caleb love missed a three looked like the Bruins were about to get the rebound kind of bounced off one of their, their, uh, players hands went back to North Carolina and they drained a three to tie the game. If UCLA secures that rebound, we might've been talking about a Bruin win um, because they're probably up by three, at least with about 40 seconds left to go. They might, if they score a bucket there, they're up by five or so all of a sudden North Carolina has got one shot to get themselves back in the game. And that flips this Peacock team, man, they were able to, make some adjustments against Purdue 
that Purdue couldn't counter. I mean, they shut down not a like we're talking about Ivy, who's someone who is NBA talent. Like he's projected to be an NBA talent. So that's what makes me really question this game and this matchup. I want to just say ah, North Carolina has too many athletes for this team. They're going to be too talented. But then I look at what they were able to do to a Purdue team that does have some NBA talent. Where do you stand with this game, Eric? I look at this game. Um, I can see it being a blowout for North Carolina or a close Peters win. So I'm not getting involved on either side, but I am playing the over 137. My thought process is St. Peter's runs the same type of offense that Vatek ran. We saw how much Vatek lit up North Carolina in the AC tournament. Five people on the wing, a lot of cuts, a lot of catch and shoots. They're actually 12th in the nation in screen sets. That is St. Peter's, and that's where North Carolina struggles defending. Um, and I really think Hubert Davis is just going to look back and just say, look, Purdue should have got out out and ran and ran, be a little bit more fast break pace, get out in transition, not allow St. Peter's to set their defense. I think North Carolina is going to look to get out and run, get some bu- buckets in transition because that's when they're really good at offense. Also, both these teams foul a lot more than St. St. Peter's fouls more, but more importantly, both these teams are very good three throw shooting teams, not going to leave points off the board. So I took the over one thirty seven. Beho. Finish us up here with our final game. This goes today at 5.05 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, a couple things. First and foremost, when when I fill out my brackets, I, I have a strict rule that any team that loses a regular season game by 20 points or more can't win the title. You know there's only one of those teams left. <laughs> the rest say, of all them of the, all of the rules by 20. Yeah, um, all of the rules that you would most likely use this year, they've probably gotten crazy. thrown out the window. You're going to have to add a little bit to that rule book and next Duke, year. Duke's, Duke's my only hope to keep that streak alive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, look, this is a very interesting matchup. And, you know, everybody keeps saying, well, St. Peter's doesn't have this and St. Peter's doesn't have that. Guys, like, they beat Kentucky. <laughs> they've beaten Purdue. I mean, even if you throw the Murray State game out, like they yeah, still beat two teams, teams loaded with athleticism and talent. The Kentucky team that they beat beat North Carolina by 29 points. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or 28 points, whatever it was. I, I know that was back in December and it's a little bit different, but what concerns me, and again, Leo was right. Like I'm a huge Baycott guy. I, I, I love him. I think he's great inside. One of the top five big men in the country, in my opinion. Um, did you see what they did to Shebway? And I know Shebway got 30 and 16, but the way they played defense is every time Shebway got the ball in the post, it was double and triple team immediately. Yeah, all of, like, his, all of his points were like putbacks. Honestly, yeah. he wasn't yeah. really able to and, be a part of the <clears throat> offense all that much. Well, I mean, and, and to be fair, he was 11 of 16 from the field, yeah. so it wasn't like yeah. he shot terrible. But, no. yeah, like a lot of his points came on the 16 rebounds and putbacks that he had. So – it's going to be interesting to me because I feel like they're going to play North Carolina very much the same. Can North Carolina hit their shots that Kentucky didn't hit? That's going to be the difference maker. Uh, probably. I don't have a lot of faith in that. Um, look guys, I, I mean, it's peacock fever, right? The whole world is, is for this right now. So why not? Let's strap it up. 
Let's let's get ready. How about a prop well, today? Say, How about a prop are you sure today? That's peacock fever when you're strapping it up yeah. over there, or that's a I different... didn't say strap it on. I said strap it up, baby. Okay. So, okay. Uh, so, just, uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so how about that for the prop today, man? Let's let's give away two hundred and fifty dollars today when St. Peter's covers this nine points because they're going to. And I wouldn't be shocked if they won this game, Gino. It just seems yesterday I was watching their sideline reporter said during their shoot around, they were so calm and busy, like they weren't anxious and jumpy and kind of nervous. It's just business as usual. I think that says a lot about their head coach being very level-headed. Who, I mean, again, think about that. This team knows their coach is done with them as soon as they lose. He's going to Seton Hall. We all know this. Worst kept secret in the world. But yep. they still find a way, man. They're still on this magical run. And I don't even know how much magic it is other than they're just a really good team. And one thing – Again, that I think is different about this team than than a lot of teams. They don't have one guy that's doing this. Like their offense isn't focused around a big man. They got to feed it in the post to and kick out to a certain guy for three. Like this team, they're all cutting and doing all kinds of crazy yep. stuff and moving nonstop. And I think North Carolina just gets tired of chasing them at some point. And I think St. Peter's is going to be there to the end. And the longer St. Peter's is in this game, the more lemon booty North Carolina is going to get on this thing because they may be looking ahead towards Duke. Um, because that, that matchup has never happened. How crazy is that? Duke and North Carolina have never met never in the happened. NCAA tournament. And on Coach K's last year, they may meet in the final four with a chance to go to the, to the finals. Um so, yeah, I hate to rain on everybody's parade. And if St. Peter's doesn't cover, I'm going to blame CBS and say CBS put the fix in because they wanted Duke, North Carolina. So, uh, normally, Beho's talking about, like, strapping it on with the cocks on Sunday night on the backdoor cover. That was, like, a little bit of a tease for for later on tonight, wasn't that, Beho? Because that's normally, like, the some of the after hours. The, what show is tonight? That you, get, uh, that you get on uh, – on BTV bets better than dot Vegas. Don't forget later on today. Also, uh, we will have a little NBA talk at around two o'clock PM Eastern time. Myself, Eric, if you're able to make it with us and uh, Kyle will dish out a couple of best bets for NBA. And wow, we'll start talk a lot. We'll start to talk a lot more NBA now as we only have what today's two, three, four, five, five college basketball games left on the year. The two from today, the two next week on Saturday, and then the final, which will be a week from Monday. We'll have preview shows here for you next week to preview those two games in the final four, and then we'll have a show next week on Monday night. Maybe we'll just combine uh, Mohawk Monday in a couple weeks, and uh, we'll also be able to throw a preview in there for the uh, the big college basketball national championship. Great work, fellas. It's been a, a real busy couple of weeks. I got to give a, a big thanks to you. You guys have done a fantastic job, win or lose. We've all been very prepared. Uh, everyone's had some fun. We've all had good angles. And I think we all learned something from each other. And we'll be ready to rock again next year and do it even better. This was really the first time with all of our crew doing shows like this, putting it all together. Leo, you keep kicking ass in that tournament, my friend. Eric, you've done a fantastic job. I know, I think... I think you texted me or after the, the tournament started and the first three or four games, you were zero and three or four of the tournament. And since then you have been as good as about anyone. So it was really funny. I remember seeing you sort of not 
Not, but well, you were like, oh shit. I'm like, oh, or three or oh, and four to start. And then since then, man, you have been on a quite a roll. So you keep it going, man. Great work there. Gentry, buddy, you keep it up. You've been a, a fantastic addition, man. It's been a lot of fun working with you uh, over the last couple months here. So great stuff there. Beho, man. You and I, uh, we spend a hell of a lot of time together, don't we? Thank goodness. <laughs> we, we had another another day where we were talking some basketball, some Mohawk uh, riders up all over the place. It's been fun, fellas, and we've got a couple more shows together, but uh, we, will, uh, we will keep doing our best to make the folks out there some money. And anyone that wants to help us out and show us a little support, head on over to oldsmokeclothing.com, and you can purchase one of these new T-shirts that they've got, the collaboration with us at Better Than Vegas. The T-shirt says, I don't bet, I win. And if you uh, if you purchase one of those and you use the promo code G-I-N-O, wonder who came up with that promo code. It'll get you free shipping Old on smoke. your order. <laughs> so you'll save five bucks on that order there. It's a really cool shirt. It helps us out, gives us a little support. I know that Leo made you some money when we were talking tennis a few months back. Eric led you in the right direction at least a few different times. Gentry made you laugh talking about hobos, right? Beho has done a really fantastic job handicapping some of the harness horses. He picked this up with nothing, and he's been real sharp. He's asking questions. He's he's helping out. So whatever we've done to help you, help us out a little bit with this T-shirt. I don't bet. I win. We hope today that all of you win. Flip those notifications on for BTV Bets. We'll be back in a few hours to talk some NBA, 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Good luck. Hope you all have a fantastic Sunday, and we'll see you soon right here on Better Than Vegas.